Hey, what's going on, Time Squad? It's Joe, the host, back with you for another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. And it's good to be with you. Jason and I, after a long absence from recording podcasts, are excited to be back with you today to record a really fun show. And we are really excited about not only today's show, but the entire future of this podcast as well. So if you're a first-time listener, a long-time listener, thank you for for your support. We really appreciate it. And on today's show, we have a really fun one for you. We have our end-of-season awards show for the 2022-2023 fantasy football season. So enjoy the show. One, two, three, go! Just like that, we are back with another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. It's good to be with you guys after a long hiatus. We're excited about today's show. My name is Joe. I am your host alongside the big Davenport himself, Jason Gruber. The boys are back. Boys are back in town. It is good to be back. Uh, also, I think you've uh, you've recycled that nickname, haven't you? No. I think you I've never called you the big Davenport. Big da- okay. Did you just add, you might have just added to add I don't a know. Davenport it was the, on there. I, th- I was thinking Iowa. I was thinking big. It That's just good. went back to the roots I am, real quick. I am from Davenport, uh, the beautiful city. I used to call it, uh, what was it? The promised land, I think is what I used to call it. There's no way the people of Iowa called Davenport the promised land. I'm telling you that I did for a period <laughs> of my life. Not that people did, not that people should. But I, I definitely did. I think it was like it was a little tongue in cheek, you know. Jason, like if, if, if you if you ever been to Davenport, well, first of all, you don't need to go. Like <laughs> it is, it's not like the worst place. But there's absolutely no reason why you should go there. Jason, theoretically, if I was going to Davenport, Iowa, what are two things that I must do in Davenport? Mm, I got le- less than two. I feel like <laughs> give me no, one. The, uh, they have, uh, I think it's called like Modern Woodmen of America Ballpark now. That's the name, uh, at least now. Uh, the River Bandits play there, and it's a pretty cool like the single. What? Uh, it's a single A um, baseball team. The River Bandits is their name. That's and, sick. Uh, if you hit a home run to right field, it goes in the Mississippi River. Like literally every single year, all around the stadium, it floods or like That's almost every cool. single year. Not the um, flooding, but yeah. like the fact that it's on the river. Yeah, like uh, left field has a Ferris wheel, and there's um, there's a berm that you can sit on. Like it's a it's legitimately a really fun it's like uh, minor league ballpark. Like if you're going to watch single A baseball anywhere in the country. That's the place. It's, it's a good game. Yeah, for sure. So that I would just say that's really fun. I don't know. We have like a museum that people act like is amazing. <laughs> but how good do you think you know, a, a museum, a museum in, Davenport in Davenport, Iowa is? Probably not that great. Other than that, man, we uh, we are famous for, and this is why you tune, tune in for sure. You tune in for content like this. Yes, um, no We doubt. are also famous for having the world's largest truck stop. <laughs> i'm not even kidding you um so like that's, that's actually what people will know us every for. stereotype about iowa yeah. in the midwest yep. world's uh iowa 80 world's largest truck stop it was only like 10 minutes from my house so jason when you were in high school in davenport where the things to do was go to this massive truck stop and hang out no and i honestly i went i went to the truck stop game? like like twice in my life sort okay. of thing um but there's not that much to do it's part uh you go to like Walmart and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> there's a mall. You go to the movies. It's it's a place, but you don't need to visit. You heard it here, folks. If you are looking 
to move anywhere in the country. Davenport, Iowa has it all. They've got <laughs> River Bandits. They've got a museum, and they've got Walmart. So what more do you want in a childhood? <laughs> all right, Iowa jokes aside, we have a really exciting show for you guys today. Jason and I are bringing you our end-of-season awards to cap off the 2022-2023 fantasy football season we're really excited about that some of our categories include the fantasy mvp jason and i's best take our worst take waiver wire wonders retirement home awards and more all coming up on today's show we're really excited to to give out those awards to some really awesome players that deserved it and some players that man we wish we wish they weren't getting that award but let's face it that's just where they're at in their career but we're really excited about that. But before we get into our awards show, we have a question of the day. In the spirit of what's happening around the NFL right now, Jason, our question of the day is this. is Of the remaining teams, as of the time of this recording, which is Monday the 16th, of the remaining teams, who is your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, um, there's so many good teams. And I think it's, man, this is actually like really hard to choose from them. We were Joe and I were talking beforehand, and maybe you'll pick, change your pick. I don't know. Um, but I think the 49ers actually look like the best team. And, I mean, their defense is phenomenal. Like, everyone is firing on all cylinders. It's really just like, do you believe in the rookie Brock Purdy? Um, in which I, I don't think I'm – they're not my pick to win. But um, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is amazing and worth, you know, every dollar of his $430 million contract. Absolutely. And, and also the Bills look bad. The Bengals look bad. So I'll go with the Chiefs and just say, hey, I think that they should be. They are the number one seed. They are the favorite. They should be the favorite for a reason. I believe in Patrick Mahomes. So I'll go I'll go Chiefs. But I think that this field is stacked. And I'm like really looking forward to almost all these games. Yeah, I, I love I love the Chiefs pick a lot. I think they they are absolutely the favorite out of the AFC. Um, I, I'm taking my pick out of the NFC. I think looking at the schedule and looking at the path to the Super Bowl, I think they definitely have a great chance to get there and potentially win it. My Super Bowl pick, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have been one of the hottest teams in football all year. Their offense is great. Their defense is great. Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP caliber this season. And I look at the schedule. I think they got the Giants at home this week. I think they can absolutely beat the Giants at home, a division opponent. And then they could potentially play the Brock Purdy-led San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship. And I think the Eagles with that defense could really – uh, produce a lot of challenges for a rookie seventh round quarterback in Brock Purdy, no matter how good he's looked. Brock Purdy has looked really good, but I think that that defense of the Eagles, which has been great all year, could really give Brock Purdy some problems. And then I pick them to get to the Super Bowl, where they will most likely pay, play. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. And I think I think it's just the Eagles' year. I don't know what it is. I just think. All year, they've been really hot. They've been on fire. they got some really great weapons on that team. So I am picking the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Any pushback I, on my Eagles pick? Um, I don't know. Like, I think that uh, both them and the 49ers are the teams yep. that look the best on that side. The Cowboys look terrible. How but, is, how is it the that time, the 49ers are doing what they're doing like why is every quarterback that starts for the san francisco 49ers just another version of jimmy garoppolo i don't know but also i mean their their team is just so talented 
Like, it's so talented. They have uh, the best skill position players yeah, maybe they, in football. They have a top five running back, a top three tight end. Yep. A uh, really, really good number one wide receiver. Yeah. Debo. And, and honestly, like with Brandon Ayuk, a really great yeah, number, really two. number two. You know, like he's not quite a number one. Just but studs all so over the defense. I, it might just be one of those things where you look really good if you're just surrounded by talent. Um, so I don't know. If I'll, the Niners were starting Jimmy Garoppolo, would they be your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, maybe. Okay. All and, right. And who knows? Like Trey Lance was such a. I know we do don't do know what that Trey offense Lance. was going to look like. And I mean, I was I was excited about that for fantasy, but um, yeah, Jimmy Grapple is more of just a traditional offense. But last year, their offense sputtered in the playoffs because of Jimmy. Yep. Um, but at the same time, now they have Christian McCaffrey. So you're like, dear Lord, they're just loading up and loading up and loading up. But even looking at that game the other day, uh, Brock Purdy had a pass for like nine yards um, to that Debo housed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he ran the ball 70 yards off like a yeah. simple yeah. crossing route, you know. So that's the kind of stuff that that other teams and other quarterbacks just don't have. Like they mm-hmm. just don't have guys like that. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, no, I'm not pushing back on your take. I think that there's this year feels like more so than other years, like anybody can win. Yeah, uh, not anyone. I, the Giants can't win. Tampa can't win. Like there's a bunch of teams that can't win. Tampa can't win. Tampa cannot win. You're gonna doubt Mister Mister Super Bowl himself. Absolutely, they've been. They've looked terrible. That, they. I mean, yes, but I've I've just grown to stop doubting Tom Brady in the playoffs because he continues to just get it done. I, I guarantee this is probably his worst team that he's had going into the playoffs. But I mean, that game's tonight. I would not be at all surprised if the Buccaneers pull off that upset and they're on their way to the NFC divisional again. But yeah, what if you're the 49ers and Brock Purdy leads you to get to the Super Bowl, maybe win the Super Bowl? What do you do with Trey Lance next year? This is just not from a fantasy perspective. From an NFL perspective, do you just be, can roll out the guy you drafted number three overall and trade Brock Purdy, or I don't know? I just I well, envy. you have the advantage. Like we're sitting here, and we don't have the advantage of watching Trey Lance. Yep. Right. Like they've seen Trey Lance in practice for an entire year, and they're going to see him leading up to this next season. So my guess is they would they would just have a clear picture. You know, you watch a guy in practice and you're like, oh, that guy's good. Or he's yeah. or he's not the guy. But I think once you win a Super Bowl, draft capital probably doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I would agree. And and so that doesn't mean that Brock Purdy's the guy by any means. They might look at it and be like, hey, to be honest, Brock Purdy's just a facilitator or whatever. And it might be more clear to them that he's not their guy. Um but they have the advantage of having information we just don't have. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't envy John Lynch for having to make that decision. All right, that's going to do it for our question of the day. Jason went with the Chiefs. I went with the Eagles. Those are our Super Bowl picks. What if they face off against each other in, that, in the Super Bowl? We'll have to like get some some sort of like lighthearted bet on the line if That'd that happens. Uh, also, Joe, how well did you, or how did you do in your leagues this year in fantasy? Oh, we're going to tell should we, the should people. We do that later? Yeah, okay. I know we can do it now. We, we should do it now before we get into the awards show. Um, yeah, for those of you wondering how Jason and I's fantasy football season went, um, I, I was on fire. My team was a team of destiny. I was scorching the earth until all of my players got hurt in the fantasy football championship 
and it was such a bummer. I had Jalen Hurts. He missed the championship week. I had Jonathan Taylor. He got hurt with like three games left in the season. I had Tony Pollard, who didn't play championship week. I had DeAndre Hopkins, who didn't play championship week. So with all that, with a combination of all that, I got to the championship, but I did not win the championship. I got second place. I'm devastated. Congratulations, Shane. Kind of well-deserved. I'll give it to you. You did have a good team, but man, it, it just... It feels like I had it all, and then it was just taken away due to just the cruelty that is fantasy football. Yeah, um, and what's interesting is, like, I, I said this the other day to somebody, if you if you would have had those same injuries, like, week two, you wouldn't have the heartbreak, you know, because you just would have like, yeah, my team sucks. <laughs> just look at all right. these injuries. But because they happen at the end, you feel, like, almost cheated by it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, in that same league, my I got third overall. I don't I don't know that it matters after you get kicked out of the playoffs. Maybe it it's doesn't. I but, I might as well feel um, like I lost the league. Yeah, but I anyways I made the playoffs, lost to the eventual winner in the you know what is it semifinals I guess. Yeah. Um, and I I think I I think my team performed well. I was able to I drafted a mediocre team and was able to trade into to a better team, and then eventually. Um, I think his team scored like 146 in the playoffs and mine was like high 120s. So uh, not a bad year. I feel like the best, just get to the playoffs and then from there you see what happens. You know, Mm -hmm. like do your best to get to the playoffs and then hopefully you can, uh, you know, get your way into the final game. But to some extent it feels like there's just so much luck built into the last three weeks. So, um, but anyways, that's how we fared. I was hoping, you know, just for the success of this podcast, that oh, Joe and man. I would. If we were in the off. championship, that would have been huge for the podcast. It Can you imagine? Huge. Like, why would you listen to anybody else? These yeah. guys are clearly great at fantasy. They're in the championship. We beat a bunch of other random people and became the <laughs> final. Became the final too. Uh, I will say this: Shane drafted like an all-time team. He did. He drafted a great team. He drafted like the most perfect team, and then um, made his team worse through trades and still won. It was it was great. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get over it. I have a I have a short memory. To quote Ted Lasso, be a goldfish. Goldfish have short memories. Got to move on. We'll have fantasy football next year. I'll be so ready to get hurt again, but it's going to be so fun. The ups and downs through it all. All right, let's move on to our end of season award show. We got a bunch of different categories that we're going to give awards to certain players, and we're really excited about these. Some of these are genuinely cool awards. Some of these are just straight up for jokes and for fun, but... The first one, and it's probably the most important one, the fantasy football MVP. Who is the fantasy football MVP of 2022-2023? We got some nominees on the board here, and then Jason and I will talk through them and see which one we ultimately decide on. We haven't picked a winner for this category. I think we'll decide on one just based on how we um, analyze each of these players. But I picked a running back, a wide receiver, and a quarterback, all nominated for the fantasy football MVP. And the first nominee is a guy by the name of Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was awesome this year. Finished as the running back three on the season, averaging 18 and a half fantasy points per game and half PPR. Over 1,600 rushing yards, which led the NFL, 12 rushing touchdowns, and he had three games of 30-plus fantasy points. So he gave you those weak-winning performances, and he was drafted as the running back 22 on average in the preseason. So he absolutely exceeded his expectations. Josh Jacobs, no doubt a worthy candidate of the fantasy MVP, right, Jason? Sure. 
Did <laughs> <laughs> you like that buildup? Was that like because I gave a great analysis and Jason's like, yeah, I got nothing to add. That was all. That was all uh, good. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that he is. I think that he's worthy of being in the discussion. Okay, Jason. Who is our wide receiver that is nominated? Uh, for the wide receiver that we have listed is a man by the name of Tyreek Hill. He is small. He is fast, and he is the wide receiver two on the season. He was drafted as the wide receiver eight preseason, uh, and he had double digit fantasy points in all but two games this season. Um, you know, I think people had questions about him coming in because they were like, "Well, do we believe in Tua?" And one of the things that I think this year showed us. Uh, just in in the past, um, people weren't traded that often, you know, and that's it's becoming more common in the league. And one of the things that was clearly displayed was that talent can win out, and talent often does win out. And Tyreek Hill is an elite wide receiver, and that was apparent, you know, just obvious and apparent uh, throughout this year. So uh, Tyreek Hill is became wide receiver too, and he is our nominee as the fantasy MVP. Yeah, and I think we talked about this earlier in the season on the podcast that in in the past it's been great quarterbacks have elevated wide receivers, right? And and I feel like that's still true to an extent, but at the same time this year in specific, like great wide receivers have elevated mediocre quarterbacks. We saw that in multiple instances this season. First with Tyreek Hill just kind of elevating uh, Tua to a level where, where Tyreek Hill was still just as good, if not better than he was on Kansas City, and he made Tua a lot better. And we saw that with, with A.J. Brown over in Philly and how Jalen Hurts had questions going into this season. And and now with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, some of those elite wide receivers have elevated Jalen Hurts to playing at an MVP level. So it is really just kind of like this perfect marriage sometimes between an elite wide receiver and a good quarterback to really just produce for not only for the NFL, but for fantasy as well. So the quarterback we have nominated for fantasy MVP was a guy that was mostly undrafted. Like he, he wasn't drafted in pretty much any single quarterback league. He was only drafted in double quarterback leagues. It's a guy, the pride of Ohio state, the pride of the Chicago bears, Justin Fields, the quarterback five on the season. And he got it done mostly with his legs. We've talked about this on the podcast all year. Rushing quarterbacks really are a cheat code in fantasy football. He had 1,100 rushing yards. Rushing yards. That's like That would have been like the running back six and eight rushing touchdowns. And like I said, he was mostly undrafted. This was a guy that you were picking up off the waivers and streaming, and he ended up the quarterback five on the season. He went through a stretch in the middle of the season where he was just torching everybody. He was winning you weeks with 30-point performance after 30-point performance. It just seemed like every week you would would get on Red Zone or you'd get on Twitter and you'd see a Justin Fields crazy highlight of a long 70-yard touchdown run. The dude just really displayed his talent this year. And if you got to the playoffs with Justin Fields, you had a real good shot of getting to the championship because he was great and he helped your team out a lot this year. So Justin Fields is our nominee for the fantasy MVP at the quarterback position. And at the tight end position, our fantasy nominee is a guy by the name of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey uh, just had an unbelievable year. He was obviously the tight end one. Like that's Not only is it so obvious that, that he was the tight end one, but he had 95 more points 
than the tight end too. Like 95 more points. That, well, that is just crazy. And there were so many that, injuries. <laughs> there were injuries this year, which made that possible, like certainly um, at the top. But he was still just head and shoulders above those around him. What's some just crazy statistics that I saw was if he was a wide receiver, he would have been higher. He would have been the wide receiver four, which is higher than Stefan Diggs. Like he also had 145 targets, which would uh, be the fifth most target in the leagues, even for wide receivers. And so Travis Kelsey is just an elite wide receiver masquerading as a tight end. He's an elite receiver that you get to play in your tight end position. And so uh, the guy that won our league, guess what? He had Travis Kelsey. It helped him all season long, um, and he was a huge difference maker. So, uh, Joe, who would be your pick for fantasy MVP? My pick for fantasy MVP, I it's it's really between two here. I think I think Travis Kelsey based on the fact that man, he just has a first round pick every year. He always like exceeds his he's always looked at as a value. It's unbelievable how from the tight end position as a first round pick in fantasy drafts, like it's just like, yep, it's automatic. He's great. He's gonna, he, he ends up on a what feels like a fantasy championship team's roster every single year like the, the guy who won our league this year Shane he had Travis Kelsey and he kind of carried Shane to a title for a lot of this season but as much as I love Travis Kelsey I'm gonna pick a guy who really just kind of shocked me this year I know a lot of people were not expecting this I'm gonna pick Josh Jacobs as my fantasy MVP based on where he was drafted based on him not getting a ton of hype based on Devontae Adams was going to be the star of this offense, which he was great. Josh Jacobs was unbelievable this year. And it wasn't just like the case of a mediocre running back getting a ton of touches. It was a good running back getting a ton of touches. Like he looked good this year. He made some plays, some runs that were truly just special. He he proved to me this year like he is one of the more talented running backs in the NFL. So that would be my pick, Jason. I don't know. Agree, disagree? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a bad pick. So I don't like I, it's not that I directly disagree. I think that Josh Jacobs, especially because of his value, like he helped your fantasy team out so much. You know, moving from RB 22 uh, all the way up to the running back three is huge. You know, like uh, David Montgomery became was the RB um, 22 at season end, which is so Josh Jacobs scored about 150 points more than he was expected in that mm-hmm. sense. And that like that is just huge. And so I don't disagree with that. I think that I personally would pick Travis Kelsey uh, in part. Like I've seen some statistics around that like he was on the most rosters that made the playoffs, like that sort yeah. of thing. And so for that reason, I would probably go Travis Kelsey just because once again, he had such an outlier year that you know, he was being drafted. He was still being drafted as a tight end one, but it was really close with him and Mark Andrews. And the difference between him and someone rolling out, you know, a, a Tyler Higby was 150 points. Like that gap is just so big as well that that I would probably go Travis Kelsey um, for me. Then I am willing to surrender that to you. I will go ahead and give Travis Kelsey the 2022-23 Fantasy Football Time Fantasy MVP Award. Congratulations, Travis. MVP, your award is in the mail. All right. Just send us your address. Just send us your address, (laughs) Travis, if you're listening. We'd love your address and for you to come on the pod. All right. The award 
for best take of 2022-2023. Jason and I have each produced our own, what we view as what was our best take, maybe our dart throw this year that that panned out, and we're going to vote between the two of us who had a better take or maybe you guys can let us know on twitter on instagram who had the best take of 2022 2023 don't worry we're also doing a worst take category which believe me was a lot easier to come up with answers for because we got a lot wrong wait so uh we're gonna like list ours and then do we have to choose on which one actually was the best take is that what we have to do uh we can do that or we can just say this is joe's winner this is jason's winner okay let's do that this is joe's winner this is jason's winner well i'll go first my best take of 2022-2023, my on-fire prediction that panned out that I was getting a lot of flack for, Nick Chubb. I was trying to tell y'all about Nick Chubb in the preseason. I had a feeling that he was going to have a great season. Nick Chubb, for whatever reason, just continues to produce in the NFL. Like, everyone, for fantasy purposes in specific, was like, I don't know, how to, I don't trust the Browns' offense. He doesn't catch the ball. But year after year, I just watch Nick Chubb run for five yards a carry. Like, the dude doesn't get tackled behind the line of scrimmage. He is such an efficient runner. He has a nose for the end zone. And he can be great for fantasy, even though he doesn't catch a ton of passes. He's just kind of that outlier. He's in that category with Derrick Henry as great running backs for fantasy that don't catch the ball a lot. Like, you don't, it's nice to have pass catching running backs, and it's, it's great to have pass catching running backs. But you don't need one, especially where Nick Chubb was being drafted. He was mostly going in the third round of fantasy drafts this year. And that is an absolute steal for Nick Chubb. What I was telling you in the preseason was a steal for Nick Chubb. He finished as... Could you try again? Thank you, Siri. Hey, Siri's giving me facts about Nick Chubb. (laughs) Thank you, Siri, for the facts about Nick Chubb that just popped up on my watch. Anyway, what I was saying, Nick Chubb finished as the RB6 on the season, and that actually feels like he should have finished higher. He kind of cooled off a little bit at the end of the season, but weeks 1 through 10, the dude was on fire. It felt like he was scoring a touchdown each and every week. I remember watching a Browns game with one of my buddies in my house, and he had Kareem Hunt on his fantasy team, and I had Nick Chubb on my fantasy team, and we would just watch the Browns. Every single time they got to the red zone, they'd pull Kareem Hunt out of the game, they'd put Nick Chubb in, and Nick Chubb would find the end zone. It was unbelievable. That's why I'm, I'm th- saying that Nick Chubb was my best take of 2023. Yeah, it was definitely a good take. And I remember sitting uh, in the same place, Time Studios, talking to you about it, and I was like, yep, I don't believe in him because uh, Kareem Hunt's getting so much usage and all these things. And I was like, I just don't see Kareem Hunt going away. And you were right. So great take. Thank you. Uh, all right. My best take. Uh, there were, I, I had a few good takes. And so this was um, a, somewhat hard to choose from. But I think the best one was um, that I believed in um, TJ Hawkinson. And I just believed, specifically, I believed in the talent. He's an Iowa guy. I'm an Iowa fan. Uh, and so I've watched him for a while. And I did think that he was just a talented guy. And so I was waiting for usage to follow that talent. And this year, usage did follow the talent. Um, you know, we saw that that he was getting used for the Lions. And he was valuable in that sense. Now, he wasn't quite as valuable there, but his value increased at Minnesota. But one of the things I would just say that where I felt like, man, he was a talented guy. He is a talented guy is because two teams were both using him and he showed value uh, amongst multiple teams this year. Now, when he went to Minnesota, 
he saw a step up in targets, in usage, in just um, he was a big weapon for that offense. And we already talked about Travis Kelsey and how Travis Kelsey's value is because he's used as a wide receiver. And TJ Hawkinson, it was the exact same thing. TJ Hawkinson was basically used in the Adam Thielen role um, for, for the way that Minnesota used to use Adam Thielen. And um, so TJ Hawkinson has uh, 128 targets on the season. Um, you know, only Mark Andrews kind of sniffs that. Um, Mark Andrews probably would have surpassed that this year without injuries. Um, but Hawkinson is just used as a wide receiver. And so because of that, he scored touchdowns. Because of that, he had a ton of yards and uh, just was really valuable for your fantasy team. Now, I think um, moving forward in the future, I think he's probably cemented his, um, himself in that top five tight end category, especially being on Minnesota in the future. Um, and he was a pretty successful part in a lot of teams. I know Joe had him on his team. Oh, and I loved uh, and it. And he wouldn't trade him to me, even though he was my guy. But, um, yeah, TJ Hawkinson was my Jason, let me ask take. you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but I, I think you'll have a good answer. TJ Hawkinson next year is drafted as the tight end what for fantasy? Um. It's a good question. I bet he goes as the tight end four. Tight end four? Yeah. So you would say so Travis Kelsey. Kelsey for sure ahead of him. Uh, Mark Andrews ahead of him? There's some things to figure out with Lamar on the offseason yep. if you're following that. But Mark Andrews is going to go ahead of him just because their offense is geared. They don't also don't have a wide receiver. So That's true. Um, Mark Andrews is going to go ahead of him. I think Kittle goes ahead of him. Kittle scored. Uh, he's outpaced his touchdowns. Like Kittle with Brock Purdy has like his value has gone up tremendously. I so, didn't realize George Kittle had nine touchdowns this year. But like I don't know that that's real. Like we can talk about that more in the offseason. Yeah, I'm not sure that that is. Did George Kittle really score nine touchdowns this year? And and really what it is is Brock Purdy loves him. He does. So so it's it's I would just say it's uncertain what George Kittle's I mean first of all when we're when I say it's uncertain what George Kittle's value is. It's like is he tied in three or five? He you sure know? did like, score not, nine touchdowns. We're wow. not talking about, oh, he's bad. Um, but I would say Hawkinson after that. Um, we might have Taysom Hill still be pretty high. I think that a lot of these guys can and should be high. Dallas Goddard obviously was injured. Um, who else? Evan Ingram will probably go higher than he – Evan Ingram will be a top ten guy. Cole Komet will be a top ten guy. Pat Fryermuth will. All these people will definitely be in the category – um, oh yeah, and Dalton Schultz, but see, like Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox, both of them are used as safety valves, yeah, and specifically like safety valves near the end zone. And I would absolutely see those guys as a tier below, yes, because the Hawkinsons and the Kittles, yeah, because Hawkinson is used as a weapon, yeah. Whereas, um, and I first of all, Dalton Schultz is really valuable because he gets a ton of touchdowns, you know, but definitely like he's not gonna have 50 yard passes like tj hawkinson can so uh, i'm gonna go with tight end four yeah and i would I, I love think, to have him at tight end four absolutely i think that would be a value at tight end four I, I would also be interested to see where we're just getting into tight end analysis here like where kyle pitts is in that situation yeah next and year. that depends on on quarterback i think you might be right i think hawkinson could be a value again next year which feels crazy because of the season he had this year but i I mean, I'm sure going to try to get him again next year just because I think with Adam, you're right, with Adam Thielen kind of transitioning out of the offense, it's going to be Jefferson and Hawkinson as the two probably primary pass catchers for, for Mr. Cousins. So I love it. Hawkinson, he was great for me this year, and that was a good take, Jason. So, But 
with every great take, there must also come some <laughs> freezing cold takes. Jason and I had a few this year. We, we've narrowed it down to we've each chosen one. <laughs> I've had a lot, but the one I, I view as the worst take I had in the 2022-2023 season was my take that Hunter Renfro was going to was gonna come back and be an elite fantasy wide receiver again this year. Obviously, in 2021, he finished as the wide receiver 11, which he was a, he had a great season. And then everyone was kind of falling away from him. They were fading out of Hunter Renfro because of Devontae Adams coming in, which makes sense. Darren Waller coming back and finally healthy. And I was in the camp that I'm like, guys, you think Hunter Renfro is just going to disappear from this offense? And you know what? Do you guys seriously think that? <laughs> and you know what? Josh McDaniels did. <laughs> Josh McDaniels did. Hunter Renfro, he, he battled some injuries this year. He only played nine games, but even with that, the games he did play, he just he just wasn't utilized the same way. He <laughs> This is just going to make my take sound even worse. He finished as the wide receiver 106 in half PPR, which – um, you know, man, right on the cusp. Inju- injuries <laughs> don't count, though. I'm not. You don't get like. Uh, I'm not gonna. I make agree. You take. Yeah. I agree. But even with the games he played this year, he just wasn't getting the targets that he was a year ago. Um, he, you know, his best games were six targets, and then he has a lot of games of four targets, three targets, two targets, four targets, three targets, seven targets, four targets, seven targets, and he only had two touchdowns in the nine games that he played this year. He just wasn't being utilized in the same way that he was last year. So he was he was disappointing. I, I really thought that when I picked him as my flex player for the first team all Joe, that I thought he was going to be undervalued. I thought you were going to be able to pay a wide receiver three, wide receiver four price for a wide receiver two. And I thought at the time that that analysis was good and that that, was, that sounded good and that checked out, but it just, it just didn't end up being the case. So I'll be the first to admit, I'll humble myself, that Hunter Renfro didn't didn't pan out. He he was not he was not worthy of the first team all Joe and he wasn't worthy of being a wide receiver too, like I said he was gonna be. All right. Uh my worst take, I'm pumped about this. Your boy, Chase Edmonds. Not my boy. No, my boy. Um I I liked I love Chase Edmonds coming in. I liked him because of his value. I would say that's the probably the first thing to say. He was going uh, right around running back thirty, and I was like, I think he has a real shot at being a running back two, running back fifteen, somewhere around there. Now he did not end up being running back fifteen. He ended up being uh, right around running back sixty. Uh, so Chase Edmonds was um, he was benched at one point. He lost the starting role. He eventually got traded, ended up on a different team, and he walked into the season as the starting guy. He walked into the season as the starting guy. He walked into the season as um, the guy on on what was supposed to be a potent offense. He walked in as a running back who got paid in the offseason to be on that team. And then they were like, yeah, we just don't think you're good enough. And so early in the season, it looked promising. It looked good. Um, yeah, at the start of the season, he looked like um, just like a good player overall. Yeah, he was getting good usage, and then slowly snap percentage just not even actually I don't even say slowly, pretty quickly <laughs> it was snap percentage yeah, it began to drop. I mean, as of week three, he was seeing less than fifty percent of the snap um, the snap uh, percentage, and so this was also a guy who early in the season people really wanted on their team. Like he had some hype around him. 
And so I turned this, I feel like this is just embarrassing, but I turned away some like great trades for Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, I could have gotten, I think maybe with another piece, AJ Brown for Chase Edmonds. Oh, and no. I was like, nope, I believe in my guy. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> what, is, what is brutal if you guys do this? Go back and look at the trades that you received and or you sent early in the season because there's you want to be humbled because there are some you're like really i did not accept that guy like that was a no-brainer and there's others that you'll you'll have sent off and you're like i'm so glad they didn't accept that or or like um man that's insulting looking back you know like i offered chase edmonds for whoever right um but it was at you know at the time you thought the value was different Uh, jason has also gained a little bit of a reputation in our league together as someone who sends off insulting trades i don't necessarily think that's true of him i think there there's been a little bit of a history of him getting some trades to go through that credit to him he's ended up winning a lot of those trades and then when people look back on them months later they're like oh my gosh how did we let jason get away with that trade when at the time those trades went through they weren't that egregious but well, it's because jason's value, value kind of gained that value reputation changes, right like uh value changes rapidly yeah you know um yeah think about your the one that you didn't bring up joe was the colts offense like look at the you know where the colts offense was <laughs> my drafted. runner up for worst take yeah where the colts offense was drafted versus where they ended up you know it just value changes so fast you know jason i was really fantasy. hoping to get through one episode of fantasy football time without talking about my indianapolis colts well we went there we went yeah. there yeah so yeah. Did you see, side note, how many interviews the Colts have had for their head coach? They've interviewed like nine different people for their head coaching job. And the list is continuing to grow. They're, they added another guy today. I don't even, why do you need to do that? Don't I you don't like know. have a short list? You would think like that like, this the is GM a super and the job. owner would, would yeah. know kind of who they wanted to target. No, it just sounds like. Come one, come all. Whoever wants to interview for our head coaching job, we'll we'll let you have an interview. And then now we got to pick between eleven guys to figure out who our head coach is. And then this, no matter what happens, we're gonna have to look back and be like, oh man, we didn't hire him because he went off to have a great career, even though we might have made a good decision. But we're gonna have to look like there's. It's just it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Colts talk. We can save it for another day. Yeah, uh, Chase Edmonds. That was not one of your best takes um i think that was also uh but i don't think you're alone in that take i know a lot of people who were pretty high on chase edmonds going into the season thought that he would fit in with the dolphins offense um really well and he he didn't and that's that's okay fantasy football sometimes you whiff and jason we both whiffed this year okay the next award we need to give out is for our waiver wire wonder of the year this is a player that was not drafted, but he really helped your team win a title, get to the playoffs, someone who you picked up off the waiver wires and you could plug into your lineup each and every week and they produced. We also have a quarterback, wide receiver, and a running back for this category. One guy we don't need to spend a ton of time on because we already kind of touched on him in the fantasy MVP category is Justin Fields. Justin Fields was the quarterback five. He was mostly undrafted in single quarterback leagues. And if you picked him up, Congratulations. That was a great pickup and he you could play him each and every week and he won you a lot of games because of how special he was this year. For the wide receiver position, we got Zay Jones. Zay Jones was great this year. He 
was a sneaky wide receiver 24. He he ended up a wide receiver two in half PPR when it's all said and done. And he was a guy coming into this season, like when you're looking at the Jags and all the players that they signed in the offseason, you know, you got Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Zay Jones just kind of got lost in that in that mess of all the different names that they signed in the offseason. But Zay Jones, week after week, was just was just really reliable. He he was a guy that if you needed someone to put into your flex or your wide receiver two spot that wasn't going to goose you, that was going to give you a solid performance. He ended up being that guy. I know a lot of people that ended up with really solid uh, playoff runs had Zay Jones on their roster. And then from the running back position, this guy, how do you not like him? He even just off the field, he's, he's a really awesome dude. He has some great mic'd up moments when he's out there on the field. Jamal Williams, Detroit Lions running back, Jamal Williams, Detroit running back, Running back one, Jamal Williams. He finished as the RB12 on the season after being drafted, if he was drafted at all, as the preseason running back 49. He was mostly undrafted. He finished as a running back one. He was awesome this year. And it was just such an automatic thing that when the Detroit Lions got into the red zone, that they were going to run it in with Jamal Williams. He just has a nose for the end zone. He ended up with a ton of rushing touchdowns this year. My boy, Amon Ross St. Brown, had a knack for getting tackled at the one-yard line, which always led right into another Jamal Williams touchdown. So if you had Jamal Williams, if you were lucky enough to pick him up, you had a guy that you could start in your running back slot each and every week with confidence. Yeah, a couple of things I'll say about these guys. First of all, Zay Jones, I felt like actually their whole offense, Jacksonville's offense, not their whole offense, but both Zay Jones and Evan Ingram are guys that I picked up and played during bye weeks. Like both of them during different weeks in it. Like I even remember one week I picked up and played Zay Jones during a, a bye week, dropped him because uh, of spots. Yep. And then he got picked up and played by someone else that next week. And the exact same thing happened with Evan Ingram. Um, so good play. I think that, man, people didn't know. It's almost, I think both these guys um, are people who, like, they weren't really trusted but they just kept delivering week after week after week after week. Um, I think for me, Joe, if I got a vote on this, um, there's two of us, so I guess we both have a, an equal vote, and I don't know how that works, but I would definitely go with Jamal Williams. The value of becoming an RB1 is is huge. And, um, and Zay Jones also definitely came on later in the year, and Jamal Williams just kept scoring touchdowns. Um, so I think he would be my waiver wire pickup of the year. Yep, we are in agreement here. Jamal Williams was phenomenal. I'll be super interested to know what he does next year, but we'll we'll have an entire show dedicated to predicting next year. So we'll save that for another time. But yeah, Jamal Williams was great this year. You can't beat picking someone up off the waiver and then finishing as an RB1. So congratulations, Jamal. Waiver wire wonder of the year. Send us your Addy and we'll get you that award in the mail. The next award is one just just kind of for jokes. We thought it would be fun. We're calling it the Retirement Home Award. Which player is all likely done for fantasy purposes based on what happened this year? A couple nominees that we'll, we'll run through real quick for this award. Kareem Hunt, the running back 42 this year. He looked slow. He lacked juice. Um, he, he looked like a, a running back that's that might be done for all for all intensive purposes. Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, this this reminds me a little bit of the Chase Edmondson scenario. He was benched. He was cut. He looked bad. He had a fumbling problem. Melvin Gordon, ideally, he might, might be off and into retirement. And then this guy, man, he's 
He just, I feel like if we had this podcast last year, he might be nominated in this category again. Yeah, he could have been. It's Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the LA Rams. Another year, another new team, and he just still did not get it done. Allen Robinson, I know he's still not old by NFL standards, but he for fantasy standards, he, he might be done and off into fantasy retirement. And then this guy, a lot of hype coming into the season, a lot of hope coming into the season, Cordero Patterson. He's getting up there in age. Tyler Algiers, the new hotness in town for Atlanta. Cordero Patterson is worthy of the Retirement Home Award as well. Jason, out of all of these names, who jumps out to you as probably most deserving of this award? So I almost need to, I feel like I need to clarify what the award is um, because if this is a funeral home award, then I would go Allen Robinson because he's dead, right? Allen Robinson is done. He's not. Interesting. He is not coming back. Like there is no way. Uh, I, I, I agree with Melvin Gordon. Like, I don't think he's coming back in any way possible. Uh, I, I think Kareem Hunt might still have something. I think Kareem Hunt could get traded, so I'm not picking him. I personally would pick Cordero Patterson. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. This is just semantics, whatever. I feel like Cordero's probably done because of age. And Tyler Algier is coming in, taking his job. I don't see a world in, where, in which Cordero Patterson is really, like, fantasy relevant next year. Now, at the same time, I don't even know that I see like Allen Robinson is going to play a role on a team where, you know, it, um, it's like the uh, it's like where when the all star receiver just becomes the wide receiver four on a team like that's what Allen Robinson is going to be. <laughs> and so uh, he's dead in my mind for fantasy. Melvin Gordon. I don't know if Melvin Gordon plays again in the NFL. I think it's unlikely that that he's going to be relevant at all. So I guess I'll go Cordero, but only because I feel like Cordero is actually going to play another year, but also won't really be relevant. Some, some of these names next to Allen Robinson on where they finished on the season. <laughs> Jason, I'm going to be really mean to you for a second. <laughs> next year, Allen Robinson or Chase Claypool? Uh, Chase Claypool. That's not, yeah, that's easy. Just based on youth. Yeah. Youth and potential role in the offense. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, first of all, I'm a Bears fan, so I have to be optimistic about Chase Claypool, even though we definitely shouldn't have traded a two for him. But Chase Claypool. <laughs> Allen Robinson or Julio Jones? Uh, both. Neither. No, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say with this scenario, Allen Robinson is still on the Rams. I, I don't see a world in which – I guess I have to say Allen Robinson. Um, I, I have to say Allen Robinson – but I, I don't think either of them are relevant at all. Yeah, I don't think you should realistically even be uh, drafting any of those guys. Yeah, or just, rostering Just them. thought it was interesting to see some of those names that were around him. So, Jason, who do you think the award should go to for the retirement home award? Not the funeral home award. Maybe we can bookmark that one for the future. I have my answer. I'd like to hear your answer first. Uh, I mean, I already said Cordero Patterson okay. would be my Then pick. we are in agreement. I think Cordero Patterson should win the retirement home award. You're right. He is – Based on age, based on the new hotness coming in, Cordero, thank you for your services. You were great. You were such a fun player to watch. But move over. Tyler Algiers in town. We're pumped about him for next year. Cordero Patterson, congratulations. <laughs> your retirement home award is in the mail. The next award, man, this one 
is clever straight from the brilliant man who ever thought about this great great mind great <laughs> we, mind we got some brilliant minds over here at fantasy football time podcast we're calling this award the nicholas cage award <laughs> and we're calling it the nicholas cage award because just like a nicholas cage movie you know you're gonna get a bad performance but you're going to get sucked into it anyway. And there's a couple guys for fantasy this year where we going into the season, we're like, man, we know it's going to be bad. Like we can almost predict that it's going to be bad, but we're going to do it. You know why? Because it's fun. It's exciting. And there's, there's a glimmer of hope. You know, there's a glimmer of hope that this year might be different than the last, but no, every year it's the same thing. Every Nicolas Cage movie, it's the same thing. Like you might get some outliers, some decent movies here and there, but for the most part, man, you're getting a bad performance, but you might get an okay movie. So our two nominees for the Nicolas Cage award, Ezekiel Elliott, and DJ Moore, two players that coming into this season, we were we were both like, ugh, like, man, we don't believe in them necessarily, but the value's there, the talent is there, like there's opportunity for both of these players, and we got sucked in, and you drafted DJ Moore, and you got sucked in, and you drafted Zeke Elliott, and you know what? They were okay. They didn't win an Oscar. Nick Cage ain't winning no Oscars around here. But you know what? National Treasure was an okay movie. <laughs> and you know what? DJ Moore and Ezekiel Elliott, they were okay this year. Right, Jason? They were okay. It's actually kind of funny because Ezekiel Elliott ended up as running back 18 and DJ Moore ended up as wide receiver 19. And, oh, wow. And I, I, hate, I hate that, man. I had DJ Moore on my team. And literally, as soon as I drafted him, I was like, why did I do this? Like, <laughs> Just like when you buy the ticket yeah, for the Nick Cage exactly. movie. <laughs> one of those things where I was like, oh, man, I don't, I don't even think he's going to be as bad as he was in the beginning. I was like, I think he's going to be better. But like, this is the worst, having him on your team. And so uh, I guess I do have a preference. I think that um, I, historically, Zeke probably shouldn't be in this category. And so because of that, I think that DJ Moore clearly wins the Nicolas Cage Award, in my opinion, um, just because he's done it for more years in a row. And and maybe even this is a bad name for this title because a Nicolas Cage movie, you're like, man, this is a bad performance and I still like it, opposed to... Uh, opposed to this which is like this is a bad performance and i hate it you know like it's <laughs> the worst i um, i hear you i i do think and i do think with dj Moore, and i think it's it's going to be true again next year man you know he's going to be a value yeah you know he's going to be undervalued in drafts you know he's talented i think we both would agree that dj Moore is a talented wide yep, receiver he's good he's just been in quarterback purgatory for his entire career like he caught 62 passes this year on 114 targets I, I mean, that's like a 50% catch rate. But even even watching games, like, he just looks electric. He does. He looks really good. So I'm sure that I'll remember that, and I might draft him again next I year. I know. He's going to be enticing. You're, you, here's, you're gonna, it's going to happen again next year. You know the Carolina Panthers most likely aren't going to address the quarterback situation because it tends to be what they do. DJ Moore is going to find himself in a position where he's the best player on a bad offense. And you're going to think that's going to translate to fantasy. You're going to think he's a value going in the sixth, seventh round of fantasy drafts. You're going to get sucked in and you're going to draft DJ Moore. And you're going to think, yes, I got a steal. I got a value. And then you end up cutting him or you end up putting him on your bench because you can't start DJ Moore. 
and then he ends up the wide receiver 19 on the season. I think you'll end up like wanting a guy like Gabe Davis over him. Yeah, someone because, who has a ceiling. Because you'll be like, oh, Gabe, it's finally breakout. But DJ Moore is who he is. Yep. All right, our last award. This is a fun one. I don't necessarily have a gauge on who I think deserves to win this award, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. The Crystal Ball Award. What I mean by that is which player's future is the most uncertain? Which player, as you look into the crystal ball, is the most murky that you have a hard time figuring out? And there's some individual players that are nominated here, and there is some entire teams that are nominated here. So I'm curious as to what you think, Jason. Whose future is the most uncertain? Firstly, we have Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette getting up there in age. Rashad White's kind of emerged this year. Leonard Fournette's looked okay at times. He's looked a little slow at times. His future's a little uncertain right now. We got Devontae Adams. No doubt about the talent. Devontae Adams is incredible. He produced again this year. But Derek Carr's out. Do they bring in a rookie quarterback? Do they do they ride with Jarrett Stidham next year? Maybe. I mean, we don't know what the situation's going to look like for Devontae Adams. Does Devontae Adams get traded? Does he end up on a different team next year? Does he say, hey, I can't do this quarterback roulette that you guys got going on here in Vegas. I want out. I want a different team. His future is really uncertain. We got the entire Miami Dolphins offense. Jason, I didn't put that on there. You want to explain why the Miami offense is up there? Yeah, go through it. I'll, uh, you just finish okay. the list, and then okay. I'll go through I'll a couple keep my going. thoughts. We got the Dallas running backs. I think this is a great pick for the Crystal Ball Award. Zeke versus Tony Pollard. Zeke getting up there, and we just we just talked about him for the Nick Cage Award. He's going to be there again next year. He's going to be on Dallas next year. He might be a value again next year, but the emergence of Tony Pollard this year. Tony Pollard emerged, and he looked phenomenal. He looked electric. He looked like the younger, more juice running back for Dallas. What is that situation going to look like next year? Is it going to be another 50-50 timeshare? Or is this the year where Dallas sends Zeke off into the sunset and they ride Tony Pollard to being that running back one for the Dallas Cowboys? And then lastly, Alvin Kamara for the Crystal Ball Award. Alvin Kamara, another running back where, man, does does New Orleans figure out the quarterback position? Kamara looked kind of rough this year at times. He looked a little bit slower, a little bit washed, but we know he's talented. We haven't really seen him with a good quarterback since Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara, where is he going to be legal-wise? He still has that trial pending this offseason. He might end up getting suspended. Do you take a risk on Alvin Kamara again next year, knowing the talent, knowing the upside, knowing that he could be a value? All of these players are going to be big talking points this offseason as we try to figure out what their situation is going into next year. So, Jason... Out of all of these names, who do you think is most worthy of the Crystal Ball Award? Oh, man. Um, that's like, it's really tough, actually. And it's even tough, Joe, because I forgot about the suspension of Alvin Kamara. Mm. And so, that, in my mind, that actually propels him to number one on the list. Because, uh, so Alvin Kamara's value has always been in the fact that he can catch passes. Like, he's a good running back, yes. But he's been elite because he could catch passes. And this year they haven't used him that way at all. They, they didn't use him that way last year hardly at all either. And so the last two years, like, he's gone in fantasy as if he was an elite guy based on past stuff. And his usage isn't elite. But add in that suspension, add in we don't really know who the quarterback's going to be. 
man, like that is incredibly uncertain. I, I think I would probably pick him to win the Crystal Ball Award. Uh, I, Tony Pollard's contract is up, so he's a free agent. And where's Tony Pollard going to be? Does he come back? And what does that do with Zeke's value? I think that he cements himself as the one if he comes back next year. Like I, he goes over Zeke, I would, I would assume, in drafts. Um, Miami's offense just is Tua there. Tua has had three uh, concussions, yeah. and like, is he going to be there? Because he is a good quarterback, and like his health in general. But that could um, probably it wouldn't change Tyreek's value, I don't think. But Waddle's value that would definitely change his value with like just that's a big quarterback question. Um, Devonte Adams, I don't think he has a chance to win this award. We've seen that Devonte Adams is elite. Yeah, so, he can get it done. So I'm taking him off at least in my brain. And then Leonard Fournette is definitely on this board as well because I think even from a talent perspective, we're looking at going, man, is Leonard Fournette that talented? His value, I think, was also tied to Tom Brady dump downs, you know? Yeah, so, and is Tom Brady even on Tampa Bay next year? Yeah, he's, I think he's of, not. seen a lot of um, – But I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara, and originally I was going to pick the Dallas RB situation, but I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara as my crystal ball award. I like it. I think – I think I'm okay with us giving this award to two players because I I think I'm fully in on the Dallas running backs being my crystal ball award winner. I think, I think, I think Tony Pollard, I've seen some, some mock drafts going into next year and they have him going as high as like the start of the second round. And, and you know what? I, I look at that and I'm like, man, he was the RB seven this year and he did it in a timeshare. Like if he, ends up getting the bag in Dallas and he becomes the one like I could see that being a great pick I could also see a world where drafting Tony Pollard in the top of the second round tanks you and that's a terrible pick and he hasn't ever proven that he can be the guy yet because he's doing this a massive amazing stuff on 13 touches a game and how consistent is he going to be as a lead dog I think just there's too many questions there regarding regarding Tony Pollard, regarding Zeke, um, I, I think the reason that Tony Pollard was so great this year is because he was basically free in drafts. You got him at the end of drafts, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth round mostly for, for Tony Pollard, and he turned into that RB7, but that's not going to be the case next year. You're going to have to pay for Tony Pollard if you want him next year. So, And you're right, contract up, he could be on a different team. We don't know how good he's going to be. So I think that's why I would pick the Dallas running back situation for the crystal ball award, but yep. Camara looming suspension, all the questions regarding new Orleans. I think that's a good pick as well. So to kind of recap, we got fantasy MVP. We got Travis Kelsey, best take Joe, Nick Chubb, best take Jason, TJ Hawkinson, worst take Hunter Renfro for me, Chase Edmonds for Jason waiver wire. Wonder of the year, Jamal Williams retirement home award. Uh, Cordero Patterson is who we picked for that one. The Nicholas cage award, DJ Moore and the Crystal Ball Award, Alvin Kamara slash the Dallas running backs. And that is going to wrap it up with our 2022-2023 awards. So, Jason, anything that you want to say before we close up the show? It's good to be back, guys. It's good to be back for America's show, talking about some fantasy football. It is. And stay tuned. This podcast is not dead. We got some exciting stuff. We got big things. Big things planned for the future of fantasy football time so i hope you guys are strapped in and along for the ride that is ff time all right guys thank you so much for listening for joe wallach for the big davenport we'll see you guys next time take care